All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. My name is Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. And uh, good news, bad news, uh, I guess you might say. Is that so, what? Good news, bad news, I'm back. <laughs> back from vacation. Yeah. Good news. Yeah. Well, I'm back. Good news. I'm back. Bad news. I'm back. Yeah, you're you're you bring both good news and bad news. That pretty much sums well, up. You know, you could say bad news. I'm back. Bad news. You know, you know that I didn't bring some of that hot, beautiful weather with me. So. Yeah, yeah. That's where the bad news comes in because Craig goes down to Florida and then Mother Nature rears her ugly head and decides to make him pay for it, and brings a sen- uh, not even a second winner. It's like the fourth or fifth winner. And yeah. make him pay for going on vacation. And that, in turn, messes up everybody's plans for the spring game. Thanks a lot, Craig. Yeah, and you know what? The thing is, the other day they had like a, those, you know those big, fat snowflakes? Yeah. The big ones, they came down, the, what, the other day? And I swear, man, one just nailed, like smacking me in the face, and it went one went right in my eyeball. <laughs> and, yeah, it was like, you know, one of those, you look and you just go, holy smokes, I just got one of those big snowflakes. And I literally was just like, are you kidding me? It's like, it's like, it, it, it's like spring doesn't even, spring's still asleep or something. You know, somebody's got to slap, you know, spring up and get it get it up and start moving because uh, spring's getting lazy. Yeah. The, the only, po- the only small positive I see from this, I've been saying this for years and I think we've actually maybe mentioned it on the podcast. I seriously think that the seasons are slowly shifting, you know, like winter starts later and then goes later into the season. So the yeah. only good thing I see from this is maybe football season, football weather will continue through the whole month of November, you know, Oh, that's a good point. So maybe uh, those November football games won't be so cold and won't be like snowed out, but chances are probably not. But that that's kind of what I'm crossing my fingers for. Kept that half half full glass going. Well, that's yeah, great, you know. And I hope you're right. That would be that would be probably the best blessing out of all of this, you know, terrible weather we're having here in Michigan. So, but uh, yeah, it's not fun, man, because you know you come from 84 degree weather down in Florida and you're you know, bodyboarding and you do some um, paddle boarding and you're doing stuff like that. And then I'm getting pictures from Michigan sent to my phone. And, you know, part of me chuckled and said, oh, well, I'm glad I'm not there. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's Michigan for you, dude. Yeah. Well, well you know, I, did, I drove there. I drove all the way down the floor. I came out, you know, I drove all the way back, which isn't isn't good. And you know what? You, when you're driving through there, those states – and then you get through Ohio, which is, you know, you and I both know Michigan fans. We don't like Ohio. But I will say, Ohio, you got really damn good roads. They got good roads, man. Yeah. Anything's better than Michigan roads, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, it's true, too. You know, maybe our Michigan roads are so bad when you get to Ohio, it's just like something night and day. But they got good roads there. I have to say, man, Ohio, you guys are doing a good thing. In Florida, Florida has good roads, though. They have real good roads. Bad drivers, but good roads. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who might not know what we're talking about, I mean, this did come out today, but I, I imagine that spread like wildfire um, over social media and things like that. But if you're planning to go to Ann Arbor on Saturday, you might want to change your plans because there is no spring game this year. It was just straight up canceled because it looks like potential freezing rain and things like that. So they uh, they just said that they're going to wind up canceling it, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, I don't think anybody's going to – if that's the case, I don't think anybody's going to want to be driving around in that weather. So uh, you might have an open free Saturday now, depending on what your plans were. But, yeah, the uh, university, the football team, officially put out that information today here on Wednesday. And so that's a bummer, but we'll still have uh, plenty of things to talk about, look forward, and see how things wind up going and Michigan football during the offseason. So uh, there were a couple things that we were going to talk kind of going into the spring game uh, for this episode, 
uh, just player personnel-wise, because uh, there have been a couple uh, injury updates and everything. Craig, I think you have that information. Yeah, Ben Mason uh, uh, torn meniscus, so you no, know, I think you know that might you know it, it that happens with practices at times. So you know we'll we'll keep close eye on what happens with him, and I believe uh, Solomon had his uh, appendix removed, so he's doing good. Um, We'll see what happens when they start to play to in the beginning of the the season with him. So, yeah, there are a few things going on, but uh, nothing real severe at this point. But um, pretty optimistic. But, yeah, those are the few little things happening with uh, players at this time. Yeah, now I saw Ben Mason uh, is out for spring ball. I didn't see any information about the Solomon stuff. Was there a time frame on that? No, well, well, you know, I had my gallbladder removed, and I'm wondering if it kind of had anything, if it's anything similar to that appendix. But, uh, you know, it usually takes you, you know, maybe a month to get going. So, you know, I'm guessing he might be ready for the beginning of the season, too. So that's probably how far out we are from that. So Mm -hmm. that's probably why he got it done. I, I doubt he... Wanted to get his appendix removed. Like, it, I don't think it was an emergency thing. I don't know. It might be wrong, but uh, sounds to me like he had a, uh, the appendix out at a certain date, so that he'd probably be ready for a game t- time. So, yeah, it seems it seems from my non-professional, non-doctor experience that there would be enough time to recover there. But who knows? We'll see, uh, and we'll find out and be watching that as it moves forward. So. A uh, little player update there as we were going to be discussing the spring game and discussing on how much fun it would be to go down there and meet up with everybody. So, scratch. certainly was weird though leading up. I mean, where's your opinion on it? it, it you know, I was here, it's interesting because it went from spring game and the hype on that, and everybody's excited for it. We knew it wasn't going to be great weather, and we knew it was going to be what, uh, round five, 45, six o'clock would it start. Um, so Michigan fans, uh, that we even, we know, and we don't met personally people we were going to meet up and that would have been really cool. But, uh, the fact is how it changed, you know, went from a spring game to kind of like a situational scrimmage game, which was a little strange to me. I mean, what were your feelings when you first heard that? What did you think about that? Uh, now hold on. And I, that uh, information didn't like change over time. It was just revealed to be that, right? Right, right. Okay, exactly. all right. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, um, kind of been, yeah. I was a, a little bit um, kind of bummed because I always liked the game aspect. And like I said, I uh, earlier I was really hoping that I was going to be, you know, the first team offense versus the first team defense, uh, just mm-hmm. to kind of see how everybody's gelling and playing together. But honestly, you know, I. Just seeing the team and seeing how things were going, any of it would have been good. So, it, it, in my personal opinion, it wouldn't have been ideal and exactly what I would have been looking for. But even just seeing the drills and being able to be there in person to watch it and kind of just see the dynamic would have been interesting enough for me. And who knows exactly what drills or situational um, play calls they would have been doing. Uh, yeah, it is a little strange. I mean, my opinion was on it was, yeah, what glorified practice, <laughs> if you want to say. Um, yeah, it'd be really cool. You have an open to the public uh, scrimmage game from Michigan, and you know we got such diehard Michigan fans, and, and, and yeah, it's cool. You're there for support to watch that. It's pretty neat to watch something like that happen with you know by far our favorite team of all time and to see that happening and to watch Jim Harbaugh work the team and things like that. But you know what? To me, spring game matters to me. It matters a lot to me because the very fact is, especially from last year, watching it and going there was, is really telling on some of the problems and issues that Michigan had and had throughout the year. Um, The breakdown in offensive line on that right side and having our quarterbacks seem to, struggle especially our top two you know wilton spate leading into the spring game was the head and we knew that he'd be the starter i thought 
and with a corn pushing them, and then he struggled mightily during the spring game, and then they couldn't block to save their lives in the passing game, and the run game was okay, but the defense showed up, and that's my thing was take from that spring game is I think you saw the defense full out uh, go at the offensive line and uh, and the quarterback. I mean they they don't tackle, but they you know they touch him for a sack, but. Um, to me, it's always a good gauge on – it gives you a little bit of glimpse, not a whole glimpse, but a little bit of glimpse on what this, what we're going to go up against, you know, like a team like Notre Dame. And I would have liked to have seen that. I got a feeling to me Jim, Jim Harbaugh is keeping very hush-hush about this. I talked to you about uh, past couple of shows about Jim Harbaugh going underground and the staff, and it seems to me this is the case. Sounds to me like this team – seems to be taking the um, not really putting the team out there as much um, like they did last year and kind of keeping everything close to hand because of the way, you know, maybe it has to do with Shea Patterson, maybe it has to do with uh, uh, the quarterback issue, maybe it has to do with offensive line, maybe Jim Harbaugh's surprising us a little bit, maybe he does want us to know a few things, but uh, it is a little strange that it went from a spring game to a scrimmage um, I wasn't exactly happy about it, but um, there's no no game now, anyways. So, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't look like it's postponed. It just looks like it's canceled altogether. So, yeah, yeah, no, it does look. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's completely canceled. And um, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I guess that they were going to change it up from a scrimmage, uh, an actual game scrimmage, to the. Uh, situational plays and the uh workout or not the workouts but the play calling and things like that but i mean another thing too why people i feel i mean myself including this and i think other people uh can join me on this thought process is everybody wants to see something because of how poorly last year went but then also people got excited for it because of the documentary series uh, that was released, and so people got back into that football hype spirit, especially after March Madness was done. Uh, I mean, football season concluded, fed pretty smoothly into um, basketball season. There's a little bit of time in between there um, that uh, there were maybe some big basketball games going on, but kind of went into the college basketball season, the Big Ten Tournament, into March Madness, and then you have the documentary series come out, and then there was going to be the spring game. Uh, so a nice timeline of things flowing together, and then uh, unfortunately this gets the spring game gets canceled. But that does touch on the other thing that we're going to discuss for the rest or the majority of this episode is the documentary series for Michigan football's 2017 season, All or Nothing. Yeah, I don't think we have to introduce it all, really, because I imagine that if you guys listen to us, uh, you would have at least heard or come across that somewhere. But the documentary series that was—I don't even know when it was announced. I think was it announced around this time last year? I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they were going to do a post-game or a preseason documentary throughout the year i think they mentioned it and then yeah and then finally came out so it took a while i think they're editing it and stuff like that but uh well one thing about this all or nothing thing documentary is everything you see in here was approved by michigan and the michigan players and every and the staff and everything so everything you see in there this team and the staff wanted it in there so it wasn't anything in here in this documentary that made you know that any Michigan player or fans or staff or administration is going to go, Hey, we didn't, we didn't want that in there. Well, they edited it themselves. So, but, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm not too surprised by that. I mean, that's normally yeah. how documentaries go. Uh, people have the final say on things. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't, uh, uh, we're going to, I don't know exactly how in depth we're going to go, but if you haven't seen it and if you don't want anything spoiled, which I mean, I know everybody knows how the 2017 season went, so I don't know what we're going to spoil really. But uh, if you don't want to know, go, if you want to go and watching and not know anything about it, I don't know if you want to listen to this whole thing. Um, 
right now and come back to and listen later. But uh, oh, overall, I'll give my reaction, my overall reaction first, and then I'll go to you, Craig, and then we can go to the details. But I thought it was fantastic. Um, there were certain things, of course, that I would have maybe liked them to have focused more on or maybe spend more uh, time with or dress. But, of course, that could have come down to Michigan's decision to include it or not or if they even uh, had video from different things like that. But they mainly focused on, uh, of course, okay, so they focused on, the three coaches that they focused on the most were Jim Harbaugh, Pep Hamilton, and Don Brown. And then the players that they focused most on were um, Rashawn Gary and... Mm -hmm the quarterbacks so that'd be spate o'corn and peters peters the least of all of them um but that's probably because he came in to play later in the season so they weren't really recording him a whole lot at the towards the beginning but then uh chase winovich i think those were the like the main ones. I know there are a couple other ones that they highlight. Oh, uh, Karan Higdon, uh, they yep. went into a bit of depth with. So uh, overall, my overall reaction, of course, I mean, there is bias here. Um, and personally, people people who I would find it interesting. I, side small note, I don't want to make this a conversation, but I would find, I find it interesting if another um, – if other if a lot of people outside of Michigan watch this because it's so specific. It's specific to the Michigan football two thousand seventeen season. So it's just kind of like I I don't know any other team that I would want to sit down and watch a documentary on. I mean, may, maybe like some of those old things like what was it, the Miami uh, the Miami teams in the nineties or whatever, you know, something with a really intriguing story, but let's face it, there wasn't really that much special going on for Michigan's 2017 season. So, um, but my bias, Michigan opinion, I, it was it was great. There was a, a lot of interesting stuff. It gave you an inside look to certain things. Uh, you know, the things that some insiders are um, able to discuss and know about. Th- this kind of shows you not their perspective, but some of the things that they know and what actually really happens in some of these mm-hmm. situations. Uh, so I, I thought it was great. I'm, I'll probably watch it again. I've been uh, basically been watched the whole thing. I'll probably be watching again at least once, if not twice, before the season starts, I, I imagine. so. Yeah, you're right. And obviously it's, um, it's um, narrated by Mark Harmon, which is Tom Harmon, Harmon's son, which is really interesting. I thought that was quite interesting to have a um, – Tom Harmon being the Heisman Trophy winner, um, Michigan legend, and his son narrate it. I thought it was really cool. And just the beginning of it, I mean, kind of get your blood pumping. You know, I found myself watching it, and it it, it, it it pulls at your emotions. And it really does, because here you are, and you're watching this, and the very beginning, I'm hyped. You know, I'm hyped, and I'm just amped. Like, you wouldn't believe, man. I'm just, I got the blood going, my nerves are going, and I'm just like, man. I love this Michigan football. I love it. And then you, and then part of me, and then I have a little bit of part of me that moves away from that aspect of it, knowing that it's the 2017 season. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, because I keep going, is, is it this year? And then I'm going, no, it's not this year. It's last year. And and I find myself knowing it's like knowing the end of the story. You know, when this documentary is going and leading up to it and knowing what the outcome is going to be. And, you know, the and you and I covering Michigan football and covering these games pretty closely and knowing what the outcome happened in those games is kind of like that. Oh, man, I already know the ending of this. And that's kind of sucks. But but the insight like you're talking about, the insight of the specific players and coaches and the staff that they honed in on was really quite telling. And I think a lot of Michigan fans are going to look at this and some of them might come away and think, you know, where's Drebno in this? You know, that's the one thing I looked at this. I said, he was quite absent in a way in this, you know, and I don't know if it was on purpose, but you know, I didn't see much of him in these, in this, in these episodes. And I think Michigan 
in the editing process, I don't know if it was on purpose, but to me it seemed like it was a, there was a reason for it. But um, but certain players, I think, are more dynamic to the Michigan fan base and the Michigan team that they want, really wanted to hone in. You and I know Rashawn Gary, and, and we've met, you know, we, we did an interview with uh, Rashawn Gary's mom, uh, Jennifer Coney, and they are exactly like they are on that show. <laughs> And to see that, and you and I having just the op- absolute pl- privilege of actually interviewing those two before they even got to Michigan was really cool. And to see that relationship between those two and him being a mama's boy is really, really cool. But, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about this you know, after your comments. So let's, yeah, I liked it. It was, lo- it was awesome. I really just thought it was well done. Yeah, and I'll go back to part of what you said, and we'll kind of take this one step at a time. Um, the Drevno conversation is definitely one that comes up because everybody recognizes his absence, which uh, undoubtedly is um, deliberate by Michigan. And some people question why and everything, and I'm not coming in here and saying I know why, but the feeling that you get from watching that documentary is looking to me is kind of like okay this is where we were and we're looking forward you know we're building we're building we're working this is not over this is a work in progress that's the sense that i got in the whole thing like that's what they did throughout the season like okay we're working to get better we're working to improve but it had that feeling of okay this this is where michigan football is right now and we're going to continue this forward and since by the time that this was being edited and completed, Drevno was gone, even though it did take a while for that to officially happen, I can only imagine that was their choice to remove his role or completely diminish his role and almost completely remove it um, because he is not the team moving forward. So why include an element that is not going to be Michigan moving forward. Um, I think that was deliberate from the idea of, okay, we want to present ourselves of what we're doing now and what we're going to be doing. Um, others might also think that they did it because they, um, because everybody went around the idea of how bad the offensive line was and that was Drevno's job and Drevno wasn't doing a very good job. And so they uh, pulled the, uh, all of basically what Drevno was doing because it was uh, not going to be positive and not going to quote unquote help anything. Uh, there, there might be some of those who say that. Um, oh, there was something else too that I was going to say, but th- that's that's basically my opinion with why you don't really see Drevno is because he's not going to be Michigan football moving forward, and you know that they don't want to shed somebody in a bad light. I mean, in that whole thing, nobody was really shown poorly, which right. I mean, for the, for the most part, you believe that most of the, like there's nobody's perfect, but I, I think those are all stand up respectable individuals for what I know. Yep. I'm no insider. I don't know. We, even though we've talked to some of them, we don't have personal relationships with these people. Um, but with the type of guy Jim Harbaugh is and the type of ship that he runs, I don't think he wants anything to come out and to paint anyone in a bad light, even if it's yeah. um, validated. So that's another reason, too, with leaving Drevno out because... It's very respectful. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. And so, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's not like I have inside information with that. But that was my thought. So you're... Uh, you touched on it briefly. Did you have anything more that you wanted to add to that? Because that just, that was a big thing that obviously people were looking for. I was looking for, you know, yeah. okay, what are we going to see what kind of went wrong and things like that? And they left m- most practically all of that out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll comment a little bit more on Drevno and about that all or nothing, all or nothing. But it'll segue into another one that we'll talk about. Um my it, it, it was he he was much when he was on on these episodes that he was a lot he had a lot to talk about or he was mentioning the quarterback issue and that's the offensive line issue which was where we had most of the problems 
So, you know, and he would chime in in, 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 in Harbaugh's office and stuff like that. So that was a little bit telling that, you know, that maybe he was trying to, to me, I'm wondering if it was just something like Drebno would mention the quarterback situation, but yet, you know, you got Pep Hamilton there who actually is the man to be uh, in charge of or in evaluating the quarterback situation and the receivers. And here you got Drebno who specifically should be offensive coordinator. And I get that, but man, when, when you have offensive line issues, that's the one thing you can tell. And that's the thing about this doc, about this documentary is you can tell from the very beginning episodes, the first two or three is this offensive line had issues. And I think you can see it. And I'll, and I, I like what you said that this documentary showed people in good lights and I'll, and I'll kind of piggyback off that Caleb is you talking about there's certain people in this show that it shed a different light to me and especially Pep Hamilton and you know, watching him that I think he's a great coach and I think he does really, really care. And I, you know, I was a little bit of critical about him and what he was doing, but to me, you go back and watch that first episode, the first very one, and you watch Pep Hamilton, Jim Harbaugh, Drevno in the office, and Jim Harbaugh asked him one simple question. He says, how are we looking on the quarterback situation? I want you to watch Pep Hamilton's body posture, and I want you to look at his face when he t- asks that question. The, the camera zooms in on his face. You can tell Pep Hamilton was concerned. He didn't, he didn't right away say, Oh, they're doing great. We have such a good competition going. You can tell he had a concerned face that they're having a hard time picking up blitzes and they're having a hard hard time playing under pressure. And Drevno, they turned the camera back to him and he said, Oh, they're doing great. (laughs) So I'm fine. I kind of went, yeah, you know, I'm looking at, you know, hindsight 2021. Well, that's not, that's not being truthful. Pep, on the other hand, it gave me so much respect for him because I really think that he knew that was concern. And to me, it was. He was actually right. And I went, wow, you can tell from his face that that was going to be a problem this year. And it was. And I really respect Drevno, I mean, Pep Hamilton for at least being honest. And, you know, I don't know if he just came out and said, hey, it's a concern. But you can tell. I think Jim Harbaugh knew that was a concern. And if you look through that, Jim Harbaugh is constantly saying, hey, offense you got to get that blood going through those legs you gotta you know, this defense is you know rocking your boat and you you know this offensive you know your offensive lines we're not blocking and i can tell i think it helps us know that this the problems that michigan had jim harbaugh knew pep hamilton knew um you know and i think drebno knew i just think that he might have been aloof to it or he was trying to look at the glass half full yeah and while I was watching it, I was kind of thinking, I was kind of, uh, I, I understood it, but was still kind of getting bothered by it. I, I understood why they focus on the quarterbacks, because obviously that was a huge conversation for the 2017 season. The quarterbacks are the biggest position in the spotlight each and every year for any team, basically. Uh, so I understood it, but then at the same, and they uh, kept talking about the focusing and talking about the quarterback issue. It's just like, who are we going to have a quarterback this week? What's going on at quarterback? We're having issues at quarterback. Quarterbacks are not doing well, uh, you know, all throughout the thing at different times. Blah 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 blah. And I was kind of like, why are they not talking about the huge issue that was the offensive line? Because we all well know that yes, the quarterbacks were not doing well, but not the whole thing falls on them. Right, right. And and so that was kind of my question on why are we not discussing this? But then, I mean, of course, I was thinking about it from that perspective of they're not focusing on Drevno. Drevno was the offensive line. They did not really address the offensive line. They brought it up at a few different intervals in the documentary, but they really didn't focus on it. And I think that was part of the thing that was tied to they essentially dropped Drevno from the documentary for the most part. And he was running the offensive line and that was not a good picture to paint. But from the most part, like I said, the feeling you get during the documentary and afterwards is this is Michigan moving forward. 
moving forward through the season and moving forward onto next season. So Jarevno is not a part of that. And that is part I see of the reason why they didn't include it because it's like, we don't want to focus on something that's just kind of like, Oh yeah, this is this, but this is not at all how it's going to look in 2018. No, that's a great point you're making is just saying, you know, because the, the Drevno is tied to the offensive line, being the offensive coordinator, and it falls on him, and he knew it, and we all knew it. We just didn't know what time frame it would be before Drevno would be let go. And so they just kind of, yeah, they just put a little bit out there about it. And, you know, and I think you and I know the offensive line was on that, especially the right-hand side, was terrible, and especially pass blocking. And, and I think, you know, and I'm, you know, moving away from Drevno was, you know, talking about Pep Hamilton. And I think that's why he, Jim Harbaugh, kept Pep Hamilton because I think Jim Harbaugh looked at him almost like, and no one throughout the series just, Pep knew what the, look, you, you, you know, you're a good coach when you know you got what your issues are. If you're glossing over them and they can pretend, pretending that they're not there, it's not a good coaching. Pep Hamilton knew that we have to get better at, at the quarterback position, we have to give a quarterbacks that are good under pressure. I think Pep Hamilton knew we had an offensive line that couldn't block very well. <laughs> so he was compensating for, well, then if we can't get that, we got to have a quarterback that can handle that. And at that moment, I think he was very, very concerned. And especially when this documentary focused on the two competition between Wilton Spate and John O'Corn, and then obviously a little, uh, the relationship between each other and how hostile it was before. And then this year it got a lot better, which was really cool to see, but uh, the honing in on those two. And then Peter's kind of, you know, kind of, he's always kind of there in the background, like that third guy <laughs> didn't say much, but uh, yeah, I mean, to watch those two, those three work, it was pretty cool to watch, but uh, yeah, it, it really is interesting how it all went down though. Yeah. And I, um, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Um, and like I said, they're going to, they're going to paint things in, uh, a good picture. I mean, that's the point of Michigan being able to kind of determine things with the documentary. But also, um, you know, they're, they're not going to show, well, they couldn't show everything because of time wise, but they're not going to show everything from even the idea of, you know, they're, I mean, there were probably, I mean, yeah, there were the bad times of losing, but I'm sure that there were other issues that came across. I mean, we we heard things about um, the way things might be working with certain coaches, Drevno specifically on what difficulties there might be with that and everything. And they're they're again, they're not going to paint that because Drevno is no longer with Michigan moving forward. But they're also probably not going to uh, probably open up and have that as a highlight part of anything if there were glaring issues like that but um but yeah the uh i'm trying to decide where to go next uh because i've got a couple things that i think we should touch on um the it was really good to see the in-depth stuff about the players and everything and uh i'll bring it up and hopefully this doesn't take over the whole thing and get this conversation going too far um, but definitely want to mention too, and I th- I think that this isn't I'm not directing this to our listeners because I think we've got really smart and uh, intelligent listeners, but just in general, um, I think that if anybody watches that and thinks that they have any legitimate foundation to ever criticize a player directly, is just an idiot uh now now no one is above criticism let, let me put that out there like we'll talk we talk about it on our show and we talk about with fans we put it on social media and things like that there no one is above criticism it'll come up it'll happen i mean it happens for players in practice i mean they need that they need to get better if you don't talk about the issues you're not going to get better but there is one thing about uh constructive criticism breaking things down discussing things uh openly and then there's another thing to directly communicate and target and just flat out basically harass people which i mean i you would think 
people would understand, but some people don't. And then after watching this and seeing, because ninety nine point nine nine percent or of the fans out there don't view them as people really they just view them as a player and a pawn uh, uh maybe a pawn i guess you could say on the field who's not doing their job and not in the position doing what they're supposed to be doing and that's where they focus their anger and frustration and then they wind up taking it directly to the player which is completely insane but uh, i do definitely want to put that in there too where it's just like you really get an insight on the players. It's really cool to see. Uh, they put uh, Larry Prouts in there too, uh, which was very interesting to see. Grant Newsom was in, included as well uh, with some of the things that he's been going through. Uh, so uh, just really great to see. Really puts perspective in things. And, you know, the the emphasis on the student-athlete, which everybody knows is important to Michigan. And it really, honestly, I know everybody, a lot of people have been worried about, oh, gosh, you know, it was such a bad year. Everybody's going to, all our uh, rival teams and fan base are going to use this against us. And I was just like, honestly, you know, if anybody, if anybody is, if there's any recruit that's interested in Michigan and any parent that's interested in Michigan, they could go and watch that and learn a lot more right. about the program than they could at other schools where you're not going to watch a documentary, uh, documentary like that. So I think there's a lot more positive this than people realize so well it certainly made these players that you just see on saturday human you know and and what they do i mean to look at the behind the scenes the, the tough parts in their lives uh to see Kron higdon with his you know girl was amazing <laughs> to watch you know him uh, you know um, juggling that doing football and then having his uh his little uh, three-year-old daughter daughter um was really cool to see and she's adorable um, and then that incredible, you know, watching Rashawn Gary with his mother and, you know, it's funny cause, uh, when Jennifer, uh, Coney, uh, Rashawn's mom was on the phone and talking to him and my wife was in the other room and she, you know, I had the volume up pretty loud and she could hear Jennifer telling Rashawn, you know, I think it was like toothpaste or something. I don't know. I was like, did you get this? You know, and she was laughing. I, I go, what are you laughing? She goes, Oh, that her telling her son. <laughs> all the things he did he did he remember this did he remember that and and Rashawn's a mama's boy he even says it and that's such a great thing that to be and to watch that and to watch Rashawn struggle you know with being at Michigan academically and keeping grades up I mean I mean how do you do that that's crazy if I went to Michigan I would be I would probably be 24 7 trying to figure out how to keep straight A's or even getting my A's above, you know, to the C level at Michigan. It's so terribly difficult to get decent grades at Michigan and play football. So, I mean, they got the, 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 the people there, the teachers that help them. But, um, to see that was really, really cool to see Chase Winovich and, you know, and trash talking and having, you know, he's kind of a funny guy. And, um, it, 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 it just humanized some of these players a little bit more. I thought Wilton Spate was a little bit interesting. Um, there were times where I thought uh, Wilton Spate seemed to be similar in the Drevno area where I'm not sure he was aware of his play at times that, you know, when if he, he thought even games that were average, he thought he'd played great. And I was like, oh, well, you know, and I'm not sure he's aware of that, but you know, that it just tells me about, you know, these guys are, this, these players are human. Um, they need to be looked at as that they're students. Uh, they get a lot of pressure from uh, millions of people to play well. And I think this, sh this show, this documentary really does a good job of showing, like you were talking about how, uh, these players do not need to be ridiculed personally. Uh, they can be attacked at times for their actions, you know, when it's really bad or uh, they're you know, criticized for their playing on the field. But uh, to attack them personally is just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about that from time to time anyway. So we don't need to go down that path too far. But yeah. And, of course, me 
the the guy that shined the two people that really shine the most is uh, Don Brown and Jim Harbaugh. And just uh, you know, to say a few things about <laughs> to say some stuff about Don Brown, man, not Don Brown is just on fire. <laughs> I mean, the dude's just. I mean, he just get he, he he yells, he screams, he swears, he's and he wants he makes you want to run through a brick wall, man. He does. And when you're even remotely keeping your eyes closed during um, a session, he tells you to wake the hell up, f up. <laughs> and I love that. And man, he's such a good coach. And man, I hope Michigan keeps that guy because he is passionate. And what he does, he believes in what he does. He loves those players, and he gets those players motivated to play. And we saw that this year. And how good is this team going to be this year? And with that guy on our defensive coach, um, Don Brown was just, man, he was awesome. And he really was. I mean, he was just fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was kind of the star of the show. Uh, yeah. Like, because you saw people as soon as they started watching it, it seemed like every other post was about Don Brown and his role in it. And I'll, I'll say this: uh, there was a segment uh, where they went to his house and they talked to his wife and everything, and they they said that he has no interest in going to the NFL. And so I really do believe that he will stick around here as long as Jim Harbaugh's here. I agree. Uh, uh, I don't think he has any interest in going anywhere else, and I, I don't think anyone else is willing to or is going to compete uh, pay wise for him. No, nope. like we will. I mean, the, and I don't think. And you even heard how much he trash talks offenses, so you don't have to worry about him becoming a head coach because he is okay. all defense. So mm-hmm. the only reason he appears that he would leave is to be a defensive coordinator somewhere else, and I don't. I don't see he would want to go anywhere else because he's deeply invested in the student athlete, and that is what Michigan ha- Jim Harbaugh has instilled since he came here, and that was even set up pretty well by Brady Hoke. Um, yeah. You know, the idea, the concept of a student athlete, and it's been at Michigan a long time, but there were certain stretches that were better than others, and Jim Harbaugh has that kind of almost, I would say, like at a peak or at a high point at least. And Don Brown is right there in that philosophy. So as long as Jim Harbaugh is here, I think we have Don Brown as long as he's able to coach. And with the way that he appears in this documentary, it looks like he could keep doing it for 20 years. So, um, and then I I also want to say, I, I think one of the most intriguing parts of it is just being able to see more about Pep Hamilton, considering that he's still going to be with this program, and that he, and it even came out. Where did it? Was it in the documentary, or was it somebody reviewing the doc? I think it was somebody reviewing the documentary. I can't remember who it was, but they were basically saying, you know, we've been at um, press meetings with Pep Hamilton, and it's. It can be rough sometimes. Like it's it's not the easiest thing to talk to Pep Hamilton, and sometimes he seems disengaged. Sometimes yep. he doesn't seem in, uh, invested. And then you go behind the scenes and you see this, and it's just like, okay, yeah. some people don't do good with the media, and it appears Pep Hamilton is one of those people. Not that he's yeah. a jerk or okay. anything, but just put him in front of a camera and put him in front of a microphone. You're not going to get the pep hamilton you saw pep hamilton in this documentary and it was good it i think it was great to see and that that's one of my highlights to be able to see that and uh i know there were a lot of other things behind the scenes that were great as well but i'll I'll say that and i know and i feel like other people have been discussing it quite often too but seeing quote unquote the real pep hamilton was nice and comforting knowing and because I know everybody's just like, well, Pep and Drev need to go, both of them, ship them off. And, well, Drevno uh, has left the building, and Pep Hamilton stayed. So then people, some people were concerned. It's just like, uh, well, this isn't going to go over very well. And then you get to see this and see, okay, this is Pep, was Pep Hamilton's role, and this is what was going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Just, you know, you're talking about a guy who I actually think I, uh, like, I said earlier, just talking about him knowing you can tell on his face and that uh, there's some, some con- there's going to be concerns this year, and, and, and especially at the quarterback position. And 
and you saw it. And yeah, I I like that. I like that about Pep is you know I I think he shot uh, Jim Harbaugh straight, and and I think his body posture showed Jim Harbaugh that okay we got some things, but this might be a tough year, you know. And and Drevno, for the very few clips we saw, sometimes didn't look like it. You know, he looked like a, a, gla- a glasses half full guy, which is a good thing to be. But, you know, I like realist. <laughs> I like that. A realist on the sidelines, you know, like a Don Brown. It's like, you ain't playing good enough. <laughs> or something like that. This is not good enough. You got to play better. We're, we're stinking out there. You know, maybe you need that. But, and, you know, and and then you lead to the the main person is Jim Harbaugh in this whole documentary is, and I'll say this, it, it, this is not, not news. Jim Harbaugh's a quirky guy. He just is. I mean, very eccentric. And it, this just reiterates exactly what kind of guy he is and the coach he is. But you can tell. I'll tell you this. Jim Harbaugh is probably the most competitive guy I've ever seen. I've never seen a guy who wants to be on the field and hit somebody more. Not hit physically like punch, but play football more than this guy. I mean, you, he looks like he's like, I want to strap on the pads and I literally want to come out there and like, knock some guys over <laughs> to show how it's done. This really does a good job. It does a great job of showing the behind the scenes at his home. It does a great job of showing uh, this realistic attitude with, you know, with him and his wife too, which is really cool that, you know, at times she likes, you know, he'll be, he'll, he'll have his quirkiness and then she's comes back at him with that quirkiness. Like, you know, when he's talking about his, you know, his, his, his daughter, like, you know, you know, you got to suck it up or whatever. And then she's like, you know, wait a minute. She's just a little girl <laughs> and he's still football mode. And she's kind of keeps him back to reality and that relationship to where he's quirky. She's not. And, but she loves him. And to see that home life is really, really cool. And, and you think, how does Jim Harbaugh have a family? He's so odd, but it works. And to see that, that, you know, he loves his family. He loves his kids. And, um, and to be tough with them is cool, but then his wife saying they're just kids too, and to bring them back down to reality is really cool to 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 see. But uh, yeah, I think I thought this documentary really showed a good thing about Jim Harbaugh and what kind of coach he is, man. So yeah, well he he's definitely unique, that's for sure. I mean, you you saw that in the first or second episode where he talked about what was that that dark mode or something like that. Um, where he was just, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was maybe an ice cream story or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really unique. A a lot of really interesting stories. And man, I'll tell you what, uh, one thing too, that I'll highlight here before I ask you the next question is, uh, what about Jack Harbaugh, man? Oh yeah. Oh man, dude. I, I want to be able to be on his level when I'm that age because he was just like all fire. Oh yeah. he, He is like, he's all there. He's all in. He's. It was awesome to see that. He gave a, a pep talk before the bowl yeah. game that was uh, fantastic. And so uh, really great being able to see some things like that. But I will say this to um, – well, I'll ask you this then. Um, what was the most frustrating or disheartening thing that you watched in the documentary um, – that maybe you were prepared for or you weren't prepared for or you forgot about or whatever. What was like the the one thing where you're just like, oh that that hurt or that that just sucks or that makes me mad? Um you know what I don't think very much in here made me mad or anything. I think one of the things I guess I can say I was disappointed in was and this this documentary is fantastic oh hold on hold on though i'm not talking about really the documentary itself but just like reliving the season oh okay like, was there, yeah was there something in there that was just like oh my gosh i i forgot about that or man that hurt more than i thought it was going to um yeah i think the fire and the passion leading up to the penn state game was one of those we really didn't really even come out to play in that game really, you know, maybe in the first quarter and then it just all went downhill. So maybe that one, you know, cause it was very passionate and then we came out there and just laid an egg. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was tough. Yeah. But, 
the the thing that got me that I was watching it and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot that happened, and it honestly made I it, my heart sank because I remembered what it felt like when that happened, and then realizing now afterwards what a difference that could have made. Uh, and I I may mess up the player, but everybody's gonna remember this now that I bring it up. Um, but in the Michigan Ohio State game, I can't remember. I think it was maybe still the first quarter or the second quarter, and there was the dropped interception. Oh yeah, that <laughs> I was it. Metellus. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. when that happened, I was just wasn't like, it, wasn't it like? They were driving, and it was like at the ten yard line. You know, as close to them scoring, and we had it right. Yeah. And you it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, like that. That point, you're looking at because Michigan, it was fourteen to zero, I think. Still. Yeah. And you're looking at that, and you're just like, that that could have been it. <laughs> that right there could have been it because yeah. that could have stopped them from scoring. Michigan could have held onto the ball, and at least they wouldn't have scored. And so maybe it would have been fourteen to seven at halftime, or maybe Michigan could have scored, and it would have been bigger. And it's just you just that moment. I was just like. That could have been the game changer right there. Yeah. Was there anything in this documentary that you were wanting wanting to see more of, or disappointed they didn't put in? Uh, uh, well, I talked about the uh, offensive line stuff, but I kind of understand why right. why that happened and things like that. Um, uh, yeah, it actually, actually, it's kind of funny because I was thinking about this actually right before we talked about it. And so I hope it comes out at some point because maybe they will do this. But I was really disappointed that they didn't have more funny parts and bloopers. Because <laughs> right. they had that part at the very end with the credits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was just like, oh, man, there have there has to be some more entertaining footage from all of this. So yeah. I, I that honestly, I know that sounds really kind of dumb and lame, but I... I was hoping to see a little bit more of that. And you, you saw it a little bit from time to time, but that, that really funny stuff that they captured that they didn't include, I, I wanted to see more than that. So I, I hope maybe at some point uh, they they do that because I think it would just be funny and entertaining for people. Yeah. I think mine would have been to see, and it might put this year in perspective for fans, I call them you know, the ones that just, you know, this was a tough year for fans and diehard fans, even the fans that were ripping on players that, you know, maybe I wanted to see a little bit more after the game uh, showcase after the game of the players and what it meant to them when, you know, a defeat when they lost to Ohio state and they lost to Penn state and Wisconsin and, and to see their face, I guess, more or to get more of the inside of the locker room, look that that maybe it'll bring a you know us as fans a little bit down to earth and say you know even they're disappointed because after the game's over it's over and we don't get to see what happens we don't get to see the speeches we don't get to see the players faces we don't get to see what it's like on the bus ride back home you know and to see a little bit more of that would have been really really cool um i don't know if that was intentional by michigan might have um but it kind of just brings the players down to earth a little bit more on that they're emotional human beings like us and that um, it might help on social media and people attacking players when, you know, they, 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 it's, it's just as painful as it is to us. And to see that more would have been very, very cool. Yeah, the only time that they really showed anything like that was after the Michigan State game, which was the first loss, uh, yeah. first loss obviously, and then the uh, the bowl game. Yep, were the yeah. only two times that you really saw that. And I do agree that's that's interesting yeah. to pick up and point out that it would have been kind of interesting to see. Uh, they did highlight it a little bit after the Michigan State game the following week about you know the the players kind of uh, pulling together. Oh. I forgot one of the best things, too. Uh, one of the best yeah. things here. Um, and, shoot, uh, there's something else I kind of want to mention, so hopefully we don't run out of time. Uh, out of time. We're running long here. Um, but one of the best things, too, that has me super excited for next year because, obviously, there was a wrench that was thrown into this. Um, but 
and you really only saw a lot of it at the beginning because uh, it seemed like they talked about with the Florida game and with the Cincinnati game. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it kind of died, maybe the Air Force game. Uh, but uh, Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. <laughs> that that was a cool relationship to see. Yeah. Like, apparently, they clicked right away when they uh, got to mm-hmm. the university and everything, and they've formed a bond and a friendship and obviously them being two wide receivers, two great wide receivers yeah. at that. Yeah. Uh, so that I that has me excited for the future. Yeah. But oh, that, yeah. But that was just really interesting and cool to see. And I kind of forget about it because it was in the first episode or two, and then it kind of yep. died off. I mean, partially because Tariq Black uh, went through his injury, and so they focused on that a little bit uh, right. for part of the season and so on and so forth. But No, that's a great point. I mean – that tells you, yeah. I, that, I'm glad you brought that up because here, this tells you, and I want Michigan fans, if you can hear this, this tells you how mature that these two players are. I mean, this is this is maturity at the highest level at their age. Because you tell me, even at my age, I I, I see this at work. It, my work and what I do in my professional world and what I do and things like that is everybody's jockeying to get a better position or to be number one, you know, and, and everybody's about themselves and everybody's about ego and everybody's vain. And you got two guys who are probably the top receivers in the country at the same team when one could be upset that you know i'm the man i want to be the man and you got two guys that know that they both can be the man and to work together because they know they can be great together is so mature to watch that is was one of the best things i could see and i'm glad you brought that up that 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 tells you and and to have nico come in it's just this tells you that this team has a lot of future man and I, i can't wait to see this so yeah, this stuff has me excited because, uh, and even as you said it, because you were just like, let's get a quarterback in there, have him yep. develop with the receivers. So honestly, uh, I mean, way too early to tell, especially since we're not having the spring practice, and this is probably going to become, um, you know, I, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold this off. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hold that off because we're really pushing time here, and we can bring it up, uh, have this discussion maybe next week, depending what conversations come up. But maybe next week we'll look at it and be like, okay. Since it's after spring practice, it's after the documentary series comes out, how do we feel now moving forward to 2018? I think that that will be a conversation coming up next week. And, heck, hey, you know, uh, this will be great to plug in here. Go ahead and give us a call. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's the entire episode next week where we just say, okay, we got an inside look on what happened last year. Everybody did. Uh, mm-hmm. We've heard what's come out of spring practice. we Unfortunately, did not get a spring game, but this is where we are in the month of April, looking forward to the 2018 season. How do you feel now? We know how we felt at the end of the season. We got plenty of phone call uh, voicemails from that and everything. Call in um, before uh, – call in before, let's just say, 6 p.m. on Monday next week. The earlier the better, but call in before 6 p.m. on Monday next week. I don't know what the date is. Um, and leave a short voicemail, nothing too elaborate, too long. Uh, don't talk, uh, don't spend time like really talking about the documentary series. I mean, you could say if you liked it or if you didn't, but if you've seen the documentary series, or I guess if not, how do you feel now about the 2018 season for Michigan football? Um, and we will be discussing that next week and maybe a couple other things but i think that's a good place to stop yeah yep i agree so we're we're already over here pushing over an hour and everything so we can stop there um and i'll definitely give you guys the excuse me information on how to contact us uh you can email us if you're if you can't call that's fine go ahead and email we're blue brothers sportscast at gmail.com uh, you could tweet at us. 
I can't promise we won't lose that somewhere, so I wouldn't recommend this, but you can always talk to us on Twitter, um, and hopefully we'll remember to include it in the show if you talk to us on there about it, but we're at Blue Bros, and then underscore our name, so I'm at Blue Bros underscore Caleb, and then at Blue Bros underscore Craig for Craig. And the voicemail, as we said, I would really appreciate if you guys utilize this because it'll be great because we can put it directly in the show. Uh, I had some technical difficulties tonight, so I'm going to have to figure out how we can get it so that it can actually record. But anyways, yeah. uh, that that's my problems to figure out for the next week. Um, but yeah, call the voicemail, 551-258-3276. Easy to remember, we made it 551-BLUE-BRO, B-L-U-E-B-R-O. Uh, give it a call. Like I said, keep it relatively short. Share your thoughts, and I think we'll have a really good episode next week. Yeah, I think so. That'll be great. Can't All wait. All right, great. Well, uh, everybody, uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay safe. It looks like ugly weather this weekend for us uh, east uh, East Coast um Midwest people, depending where you're at and everything. So I hope you guys stay safe. Uh, drive careful and everything. Uh, sorry that we're not going to be able to catch you guys in Ann Arbor. But the, here it is late in the week, so the weekend's almost here. We hope you guys do still wind up enjoying your weekend, even though there is no spring game. And as always, we will finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs>